Welcome back guys to Chat with VR Coaches. Today we are uh, talking about the art of running together with uh, head coach Joao, coach Melina. This is our uh, third episode and, uh, of the second season. Three, two, <laughs> one. Okay, welcome back uh, guys. Welcome back to Chat with VR Coaches. As you know, we are always busy in uh, trying to perfect the art of uh, coaching. And uh, this is what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about uh, the art of running. But first of all, just a little bit of uh, introduction. We have so many news, so you need to stay tuned because we are launching uh, uh, with the Art Performance Studios uh, a running club and a, and a running plan. So stay tuned because we're going to talk about things that you're going to see in, uh, in the future uh, very soon. As we know, uh, human, humans, as soon as they, they start walking, the first uh, thing that they perfect is running. Okay, now, probably Chris McDougall would say we are walkers much more than runners, but you know, in the end, it's almost the same. <laughs> you know, if you walk fast, then you, you approach it. And, uh, and we get the, the, the idea sometimes that the athletes, they feel like uh, um, they don't need to perfect this uh, this running because it's in their nature, it's in, a, in, a, in our nature. But in reality, we see as coaches that even if they want to perfect swim and cycling, it's the run that they need to focus because it's the last part of a you know, full distance or half distance. So we're gonna uh, talk with the head coach Joao and coach Melina about the art of running. Why you guys, why do you think that uh, athletes uh, they don't have this feeling that they need to uh, improve and perfect their, their run. Um, hello guys, uh, it's good to be back here. Um, pleasure to, to one more time um, try to share our ideas, our uh, knowledge about the triathlon and the sports um, uh, that we coach. I think, uh, I think running, I believe that running is a, is a human skill. You know, every time that you have a situation that you need to, um, you have to, uh, or achieve something, or catch something, or run away from something, you know, it's a natural movement that everyone has, and it was a skill that we developed uh, with the ability to hunt, to to uh, to try when, you know, I'm talk about um, uh, when we 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 didn't have all the the the, the fa uh, facilities that we have now these days right so i'm talking about when we first started to move and i uh, was um was a, a a way that our the muscles they develop by itself and uh, it's a very natural process and you can see the kids they run so simple so natural without thinking and looks so easy until the point that they become adults and teenagers, and then um, the whole body mechanics change because then we move less, and that's where uh, that's where the adults they have big issues because their posterior chain switch it off, hamstrings, glutes, lower back, lower back stability, core stability. That's where they lose that feeling of running naturally, but in the back of their head. What happened is because when we are kids, we always play and we always run and we feel so natural. 
So when we go to practice our sports, we still have that memory of us running as kids. Um, and it looks that nobody should uh, learn again how to run. But the problem is all those years of sitting down, office, uh, school, they change the entire body Shoes. mechanic. Yeah. Shoes. Yeah. Right. It looks like, uh, you know, the comparison between uh, reality and how you feel yeah. in this case. Yeah. So, uh, the thing question is, again sorry, for you. Yeah. Sorry to butt in. Yeah. Um, the thing is, with swimming, obviously, you have the, the added complication of having to move through the water. Um, and we see this a lot with beginner swimmers. Um, they might be able to master the basic technique, but they can't master the breathing, and then their whole swimming uh, falls apart. Whereas in running, you don't really have to worry about breathing. Mm. The cycling, you have the added, if you can say complication, you, you have to balance on a bike. Whereas running is just put your shoes and put your shoes on and out you go through the door. So we always think of it as the simplest, mm. the simplest of the three. So it's just... Uh just few of the athletes that are joining, they share their intent to improve the run. And, yeah. and so what, what's the difference between the ones that don't want to improve and they need to, and the ones that they, they understand that they need to? What, what is, the, what is the, 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 the difference there? I believe, as, uh, from my experience, that there are some kind of athletes that they believe they are good runners. And then they have less patience and uh, maybe the mindset is I don't need to work so much on my technique of running. So if I have this limited time, let me put into something that I'm not so good. So they go to swim and bike, let's say. Uh, usually somebody that comes from a very strong running background has a very poor swim background, right? Usually. So, uh, and cycling as well. Um, so if you have a strong cyclist moving to triathlon, they're gonna struggle on the swim. So what happened with these guys is there is a huge gap between the performance of the good sport, running, uh, and the poor sport, swimming. Uh, they have to catch up so much on the swimming technique that they just leave the running technique um, out even if they were good they, they, they. yeah and what they do is they work their fitness of running but not yeah. the skill of running right so if they have some certain time per week to do running uh, and a certain time per week to do swimming probably in their head make more sense to and which somehow is it's correct right so uh, what they do is they put all the extra time into learn swimming and technique of swimming and master a little bit that area and leave a little bit the running technique uh, to perfect that movement out of the, the schedule so they keep running harder uh, but not better let's say that's kind of the mindset of the good uh, the good runners um, I'm saying this way um, I think it, it's a fine balance across all sports actually to get them to understand that you need to have that technique um, but you also need to have that, that fitness and you can't really have one without the other because if you just have 
um, really good technique but no fitness to carry it across, you might only be able to last 100 meters on the run with, with good form and then your fitness will carry you on across that and the same and the same with swimming. I just think because swimming involves the water and the control of the breath and um, that running doesn't have, um, we do tend to talk more when we do talk about technique, we tend to talk more about swimming. Um, whereas again like we said running people just think oh everybody can run so off I go and run plus there's also the the big issue that we we all have like and I'm, I'm sure we we kind of do it to an extent as well that you know like all these apps like Strava and all that stuff and people don't want to run slow and do mm. the drills and they, they, and, they, not quality. Yeah, and, and they you know they don't want to bring their average speed down of the session so they just they just want to get faster and they tend to forget that actually being more efficient is um is what's going to do it and not just your fitness yeah that's why one reason i don't have strap account anymore <laughs> okay <You know? laughs> i just well, removed my strap account i blocked everyone yeah. on that one you know? <laughs> but i think now we are, we are breaking this uh, this urban myth where you know people say okay i'm gonna go for a run and they just go for it you know it's it's not just enduring into a run it's to endure in the proper way mm. yeah okay? let's take 30 seconds break and then we come back on this topic yeah take you to the next level we have to know two basic metrics which is where you are now your base level and where you are going your final goal for this reason we create a system called BR stages the BR stages consist in four levels number one fundamentals number two skills number three performance and finally specialization back with chat will be our coaches this is the third episode of season two Okay, new format, a little bit of video, and uh, still we have our podcast, you can find it on, uh, on uh, Google, you can find it on Apple Podcaster, you can find it on Anchor, so we are publishing everywhere. And uh, you can follow us as well on our blog on brperformancestudios.com slash blog. We are back talking about uh, the art of running, and uh, the question is what the athletes, the triathletes are missing now in, uh, in run training that it's related to triathlon and it's related as well to, to their, uh, their, their, let's say, their body awareness in running. What are they missing right now? Um, I'd say most of them. Okay, let's say yeah. it's not, it's not, it's not I, it's in general. I, I, think, um, I think running is a very, um, it's a very much of a, a challenge uh, that the person has to get into and then learn how to move naturally on that uh, on that motion um, kind of the same as swimming and cycling but specifically on, on running you have that those uh, moments that you really feel you got it and you move very natural and it's very smooth and it's very nice and you feel amazed and you want to do more and more and more but talking about triathletes, um, we move uh, in a different ways, different days, while a runner does every time the same exercise. So running four, five, three times a week, whatever. We're gonna be changing sports during the week. So we have, for example, a Monday run, the next day gonna be a cycling, which is gonna change your body uh, mechanics already. So you're gonna engage different muscles, you're gonna have to go into a different position 
uh, and then the next day you go for a swimming, which is going to make you work different muscles. So the the um, being more aware of how you run, it's going to save you more energy in the long uh, process. Because one thing is to um, to work on your mechanics of running just purely to hit a certain number on your watch pace or whatever and the other thing is remove that pace from your head for a while and then focus on how are you moving to achieve that number it's a very hard task for triathletes and runners because usually we tend to think that if we do something harder uh, or longer we're gonna get better um, it's, the, it's the same thing when you ask athletes to do a session focusing on just heart rate and keeping it at a really low intensity. Even if it means they have to walk or jog to keep it down there, they, they tend to really struggle with that because they feel I'm, I'm not working hard enough. My, you know, I'm, and it, it feels like it's just pointless training. So it's very similar. So the drills or getting them to work on running form ultimately will make them more efficient so that hopefully they can hold a faster pace uh, at a lower energy cost um, but at the same time getting them to understand that sometimes um, they can't get past the fact that I don't feel like I'm working hard mm -hmm. so is this actually training worth it and we give you some news it doesn't happen from night Overnight. to day okay yeah, no, it, it takes a long time to adapt and to be able to focus, to be body aware, because you know it, it, it's something that has been, uh, let's say, numbed for 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 some time. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, as you said before, this is a good example about the kids. You know that, the, you know, the, the school, yeah, they go, they run, you know, and what we are doing in Europe, especially in Italy, just watch out, don't run. You yeah. know, that's now we are <laughs> stopping already. Run. Now yeah. people are forgetting that uh, they, they they had to run naturally, and now. Uh, we need again to concentrate on the form because uh, we are doing the, the, the wrong movements and all, you know, all these defects, uh, supination, overpronation, they come because we got used to you know, not to do the natural things. You know? mm. So uh, there, there yeah. might be limits, but still we, we lost That's it be, be, uh, because it was done a choice and it was done... Uh, it's kind <laughs> of beaten out of us as yes. we were growing up. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so the... the, the so running is one, it's the most natural movement from the three, for the human beings, you know, like from the three sports of triathlon specifically. Because cycling you have a, a, a second element, which is a, a bike, which is not natural for us. Um, you have to adapt to that bike, uh, to that external factor. And then swimming, uh, it's not, we are not on our human beings natural environment because we don't know how to breathe under the water that's why breathing is uh, the challenge for most of the people um, because there is a moment that you need to move your head out of the water to catch air and then move back in and that's where it becomes complicated uh, running is the one that you are you just literally need your body and nothing else to move but because our body mechanics been changing uh, and we miss so much of the natural skills when we move uh, again out of our teenager become adults 
we are losing losing skills and losing uh, body awareness um, mainly we disconnect from being uh, a natural human being and we become a society human being so we adapt to whatever we have to do uh, and that moment we are not so natural anymore in terms of movements right so most of the people they're gonna feel much more comfortable seated on the bike and cycling than running because they've been seated for since they are 10 years old adults so if they sit down and they do something it's very comfortable they might have issues with the bike here and there but it's very natural for somebody to be seated cycling and then you tell them okay now i want you to put this power into a running it gets very confused for them now at this moment because they have the memory of their when they were kids running with their friends and then they start to move and you see the body mechanics totally off there is a huge impact of uh, the way they are moving or uh, behaving with the way they should be activating their muscles and it takes it takes a mental process more than physical to learn again how to move that's what people don't get but know? it's reckon I think the first barrier especially for people who haven't really done sport for a long time yeah. is is to actually be aware that that's that's an issue it's one thing to um, say oh running feels a bit difficult or whatever but they've, they've got to be aware of the fact that actually this doesn't quite feel it doesn't quite feel right and then add obviously to the fact that running you're carrying your own body weight on cycling the bikes carrying you um, on swimming the water's carrying you so the heart rate's going to be a lot higher on the run anyway your heart rate's going to beat a bit faster you might feel more out of breath so all these things together um, will make running a lot harder for a lot of people to begin with so, yeah there is a barrier already in running yeah, it's okay. <laughs> so there is a barrier already in running itself for this tradition that we have created of humans now inserted in the society but there is also a barrier that we find in running as a triathlete where you know the mechanics from cycling to running they affect the run yeah. a lot what is the how, how why this is is this happening you know to, to explain to to everybody what what's happening from the run, from the bike to the run what how the the body is effectively affected in this uh, transition well First, uh, I think there are many, um, many uh, issues that the bike is going to impact the run. So one thing is uh, how, how good is um, the technique of the runner before cycling and then you're going to reduce the impact of the bike on your run. So if you have a very good skills and you know what kind of movements you should be doing in the run uh, most probably that bike will impact less on the run so the better you are running the less you're gonna feel the impact of the bike that's one point so don't uh, people should not think like uh, okay so if you're saying that impact a lot uh, let me just not even focus on technique you know and run more that's not how we should think because 
the better and more efficient you move in any sport, the, the less the previous sport gonna impact, right? So if the same thing as the mindset of swimming, oh, I'm not a good swimmer, why am I gonna waste my time here? It's because the better you swim, the less energy you spend in the water, yeah. and then on the bike, you, you have more energy, right? Yeah. Um, one important thing for me that I feel that uh, the impact of the bike in the run is the shortness, the shortening of the hip flexor, which is a, a very important um, uh, muscle. So mainly the connection between your hips and your quads. Uh, that muscle on the bike it keeps shorter than should be. And I think one problem that I see many runners when they come out of the bike, they come in a very short body position. Mainly what's gonna cause is a motion of a heel stride because they are quite seated and they cannot, they cannot um, engage the right muscles, so posterior chain, hamstrings, glutes, um, lower back stability. Uh, but that's one, my point of view, and you see most of the triathletes getting out of the bike with a short stride at the beginning, very short, quite low position, and what they, when they look at the watch, what happened to them is they panic, right? So they're slower, um, and they overstride to compensate that moment. And when they overstride in a short hip flexor position, they overstride in a heel stride, and that's where the quads gonna overwork. And it also opens you up to um, up to injuries for for those muscles. Um, yeah, it, that's where I think the people athletes tend to rely on their strength when it goes on when they're on the bike, and that's where we focus on the power meters and what power output they have. But when it comes to the run, I think initially until you can get into your groove of the running, um, you just need to focus on, on your cadence and not worry too much about your stride length until you can get into it really. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel sometimes this one happens much more with the intermediate advanced athletes that, you know, they look at the pace, it's not the pace they've been training for. Mm. And now, as you said, they panic and now they start over striding and this is when, you know, my hamstring, my calf, my everything, you know, like you start having pain, now you're walking and the race is done. This is part of the transition workouts, uh, you know, these pre-workouts that we do, where we focus on on, on, on on making the athlete understand that the mechanics is changing from bike to, to run, yeah. and if you have been efficient and uh, you have been using the right uh, as well on the bike technique, then now uh, you have the energy and you have the ability to uh, to run properly. I mean, in the end, it's kind of a bucket of energy. If yeah. you if you waste it in the swim, you waste it in yeah. the run, in the cycling. Exactly. Then when you go into the run, you don't have the kind of energy, and then uh, you start all doing all the mistakes. And um, and that's and the thing. It's making them making it clear to any any beginner that comes into the sport, or even experienced athletes that sometimes tend to forget it, is the connection between between the three sports. And if you don't keep um, if you don't focus correctly on the bike, it will cost you. Um, it will cost you on the run, and, and vice versa. The same with the swim. And we often say to some of our beginner swimmers, or, or those that, let's just say, swimming isn't their strong point, 
their main priority in the swim portion of the event is to get out and be as fresh as possible for the run. Because someone who's having real issues with their technique in swimming, um, if they really try and push in the swim, they're going to waste a lot of energy and it's going to catch up with them on the bike. So try and focus on the economy of all three sports will, will help in the long run. Let's take 30 seconds break. We talked about uh, economy. We're going to talk again about this 30 seconds break. Nice. Our cycling experience is based on two main pillars, a scientific power-based system and music. The power-based system allows us to measure the performance of each member and the class, and the music and the rhythm work as a trigger to the state of flow. Good. Okay, back again, uh, talking about the art of uh, running. We talked about uh, economy in the run, but economy effectively in the three disciplines that they lead you to the run. Um, what does it mean, economy? Yeah. Here's another thing that I think it's very important for us to talk about. Um, while you don't have six million um, theories of how to bike, and you don't have three million theories of how to swim, for the other side, in running, everybody become a master of uh, running technique because it's so natural, it's so easy to uh, uh, to Just kind of get into that study more uh, because cycling looks so natural, you should sit down the bike, pedal and that's it. Um, and people don't really get into the technique of cycling. Swimming from the other side, it's a little bit more complicated, so few people actually analyze swimming and create their own uh, way of swimming. So you have many schools of swimming, uh, different countries, different people, uh, different theories. But running, um, the information out there is uh, very um, wide and you can have books and books of theories of running, uh, which for one side makes the, the, the beginner athletes quite lost in what he should be following. You know, and you have different uh, different uh, books, different theories. Uh, if you Google, uh, they say heel stride is okay, and then mid-foot is okay, and then you should try forefoot, so people get barefoot, barefoot <laughs> yeah. uh, run in the sand, don't run, run uphill, run downhill, and also if you, if you that's also another problem that people sometimes they get into this loop of learning and at some point they just give up and they just want to run because actually they want to enjoy running you know and uh, and if you get too much into the uh, the learning process without enjoying what happens is at some point you get bored and you stop because at the end of the sorry, at the end of the day, people do triathlon and running because they want have fun and they want get out of whatever is they want like have a different moment than working and their life. So if they are not enjoying anymore the sport that they are doing, what's the point to do, right? So what you are saying is that running is very individual, I guess. <laughs> And you know, also as a as a coach, as a, as an athlete, you look at other runners, and you you know, with your own eyes, and you come up with your own uh, theory that not always is applicable to the to all the athletes that you have around. So, 
you know, I believe that uh, a good coach is not only giving you, you know, one exercise, but can give you different uh, exercises, different drills, so that you, the athlete can exploit a little bit more his weaknesses and see which one is working for him. And maybe some, there are some drills that, that they don't work for him because the structure is completely different. So, you know, or they're not in the right moment for yeah. that drill, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, they need to develop a, it something depends, else. It depends yeah. what the athlete is doing. And I think because we're all, you're not, it's not like coaching kids where you kind of have a relatively um, well, yeah. Yeah, in blank canvas to start from. Adults bring their own perceptions of how things should be. Um, they bring with them their own muscle imbalances that they've accumulated over time, so they can't quite move their body the, the same way. Um, so um, it's the same, and again, it's similar for swimming. A drill that would help you might not help you, because if I give you, I don't know, if I give you, say, the single arm drill to stop you crossing, um, stopping crossing your, your arm over, if that's not an issue for you, for you then that drill is going to be useless for you so yeah. it's just enhancing something else or if it's a drill if you're trying to get um, someone to I don't know get off their get off their toes if you give them a drill that just focuses on that aspect because you're trying to get a heel striker to move forward that's not going to work for them so the drills can't be a they're not a one-size-fits-all it depends where they're at and where you're trying to get them and some drills would work for this person and you wouldn't want that person to to be using them at all. Yeah, and then I think I think also on terms of learning process and drills, um, there is a there is a need of a certain level of motor coordination to apply different movements, and this you cannot you can't expect to have adults with the same level of motor coordination. Even kids, you don't no. right. So you have the very talented people that they have a very strong background they've been practicing sports the whole life they've been active they have experienced millions of exercise but then you have the other side then the guys that they decide to start to run very late in their life you know they are not so active they've been uh, most of the time wandering to do things but they never started so their body awareness is probably like 50 to 70 percent um, less than the other guy. When you teach those movements, you have a huge gap of understanding how the body is moving. The body in their head, they are doing what they've been told to do, but the way they express the movement, it's it, there is a huge gap there, right? And you can you can see that it's not because he didn't understand the movement. He understood the movement, but his motor connection is different. So when I apply what I'm thinking, my muscles, they cannot understand how to move that way. And especially if you ask for speed or power, then it gets worse. Because I'm learning, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be doing anything fast or powerful when I'm learning. And I think that's a very careful moment here because you can really create a big frustration in somebody when you try to teach uh, something um, requesting wrong, um, um, let's say, wrong tasks. And um, as a coach, we should be more careful, I think, on 
not frustrate clients or athletes because then you do the other side you make them stop probably it's just i think it's just finding the it's just finding the right balance between building their technique and their efficiency and actually letting them get on with working on their fitness and feeling as if they're as if they're improving um i find w those that particularly have an issue with um translating what they think they're supposed to do to an, to actually going on and doing it videoing them and then showing them they might think this is what i'm doing and then you say no, actually this is what you're doing um they're able to relate that more and then they can fix certain problems but also is for the coach and the athlete together to find out um say if you have to do kind of interval work or whatever what's the magic number for them that um so instead of giving them i don't know 1k repeats on the run um if their technique and their form falls apart after 400 meters then don't give them anything about 400 meters and just work with the 400 meters and the and the rest recovery yes, step step, yeah. until they can then get to because what's the point in giving them a 1k when the last 600 it's just going to be them running the same way they were running before and then gradually they will get more quality workout by doing 10 400s than by doing four four 1k's so to speak yeah, this this brings uh, uh, a good topic because uh, in reality then uh, running is much more tailored uh, to the client to the athlete i mean at this point uh, like you're saying i cannot give the, the all the athletes the same workout you know i need to analyze their background And, and I'm gonna tell you a story about this, <laughs> and, uh, and then everything must be tailored step by step for that athlete. So that uh, you know, a running plan must must take into consideration that okay, where is this guy coming from? Okay, and uh, so these these are the mistakes he's doing. Now, what he has to do, he doesn't have to do what the other guys are doing, as you said, mm -hmm. probably one for another. When I was a kid, I was swimming. Okay, yeah. you cannot say, but I was I was a good swimmer, pretty strong. And uh, when I was 12 changed school went to uh, physical education and the teachers like okay i could do 200 crunches i could do 200 push-ups when it comes to running it was like nope and my mom she was angry said, how comes you know like he's a, he's a good swimmer but my background was like you know we were never running at the time you know so you know i started playing basketball tennis you know and then finally i unlocked to the level together. level two of running <laughs> so then finally i was able to run but I, until that point for me running was like you know chasing the dog in, the, in yeah. the garden that was it you know so i wasn't focusing too much so yeah analyze background see where this guy is and then you know tailor those drills tailor those those plans for exactly what what he because it as we said it's individual you know like maybe as a coach i'm analyzing this one in a way you, you can analyze in a different way but still it's for his benefit it's for his economy it's for his uh, abilities and here comes a little bit of uh, uh, the strength and mobility work that play they play yeah they play a huge um, uh, whole on the whole process of learning because it doesn't matter at the end of the day if you don't have the right mobility in the, the right joints and uh, the connections of your body and you don't have the right strength it doesn't matter how much you know how to move because you're gonna fall apart at some point or you're gonna be uh, overworking certain muscles and 
also it comes to the point of okay is this person ready to learn a certain drill or we have to work something else before you go to the learning process of running you know uh, and uh, and I, I don't see that people has the right patient to, to develop that you know I think they focus for example very very simple one we know that if you want to teach a certain drill in swimming it's going to require some certain level of mobility of a shoulder and upper back Melinda knows that because the person going to do wrong it doesn't matter how much you tell them even the the video is not going to help because they're going to look and like oh my god okay and now i know what to do but the body won't let itself them. won't let them yeah. it's going to stop them and uh, i think uh, i think that's come back to what I said from the beginning. You know, some uh, athletes, clients, they gain more doing strength and mobility at a certain phase of their preparation than repeating movements outside. Unfortunately, triathlon uh, and endurance sports, people don't have this mindset. So they think that the gym, they're gonna build muscles, they're gonna get heavier, and they cannot move anymore. <laughs> you know, that's how they think. But because this is a concept of gym from uh, 80s, right? So a lot of machines, everybody bodybuilder, you need to have uh, huge muscles. And uh, the functional training, it's the opposite of that, is teaching your body how to move again. So we work on the gait cycle, for example, doing a lunge. You know, this is. Uh, classic example that uh, people they when they lunge so they go down and they fall apart when while they go down the knee the hip uh, hip flexor short the core lower back imbalance lean forward and chest imagine now if you're gonna ask this person to run a 10 kilometers let's take 30 seconds break we come back uh, on this topic uh, in 30 seconds our soul class is designed to make you sweat burn fat and increase endurance using a science-based method of high-intensity interval training focusing on short intervals. Our SCOP class is built around strength and conditioning using weight training and functional equipment to improve health and build lean muscle. Both classes are heart rate zone based to ensure you're working within the right energy system, metabolic state and to maximize results through instant feedback about your output. Here at BR, our coaching makes all the difference. We take a coaching approach to help you optimize and improve your workout and prevent injuries. Welcome back to Chat with Beer Coaches, uh, our third episode uh, video podcast. So you can follow us on my YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, so we, we, we revealed a little bit of uh, the aspects that we uh, are gonna include in uh, BR Performance Studio uh, Running Club and uh, Running Plan. And uh, you were talking about strength. So um, how does it work? What, what is the strength for, uh, for triathletes? I mean, it, this, is, this is a big thing. You know, in the past it was like eating the gym and go there and do weights. You were talking, we're using a word, functional. What does it mean? Um, I think it's going back to the basic movement uh, patterns that the human beings, they should be doing. Uh, and we, again, got lost at a certain point of our lives. And it happens to everyone. You know, you cannot 
you cannot avoid that to happen because um, sitting in a chair since you were 10 years old until you go to university and then you sit again on the chair from university to start to work and then you sit in a chair on your office and then you go home what do you do you basically sit in a, in a sofa and talk to your friends and watch TV and then you go so there is a huge disconnection of being a natural human being uh, uh, in terms of movement uh, which creates a lot of uh, psychological issues we know depression lack of movement you don't uh, stimulate the right hormones so functional it's basically work movements that we should be doing anyway anyways so push pull rotations uh, gait cycle uh, uh, hinge so all of those movements uh, hinge is a big issue for most of the people they don't understand the movement of the hip and uh, the pelvis right so people they know how to push to pull and then they have that issue of how do I move my pelvis and my hip in a certain way because the sitting position just get your lower back uh, stability very very lazy you know you become a very lazy uh, um, person in terms of movement it's so hard to ask somebody that works in an office uh, for a long time in their life it's so hard to ask them to do tasks simple tasks they just don't like you know, it's like oh my god I need to do this I need to pick it up that thing it because they that those muscles they are sleeping and you need to wake them up right <laughs> okay, I'm gonna crossfade. Yeah, yeah sorry. No, I was just saying hello. So I'm thinking about What do you think? Um, I think strength is usually the one thing that gets um, that falls by the wayside. Um, triathletes think they just need to swim, bike, run. Um, as coaches, we add um, their strength in and their mobility. Um, but if something has to go one week mm. um, I'd say nine times out of ten what's gonna go it's that that's what they're gonna that's what they're gonna um, forget um, or just say well I haven't got time for that I'm just gonna get on with swimming biking and running um, so there's a task I think for all all the coaches to um, we just need to kind of educate them on the importance of why you're doing this um, and you know going just bringing it back to running um, it's, this isn't just about running. Um, you can get runners that come into the sport um, that are able to, you know, or the or the all-rounder athlete that can do all three, um, but actually they they're not very good at running off the bike. Mm. Um, and trying to get that across to them, just because you're a good runner doesn't mean you're going to be a good well, runner in in a triathlon. Yeah, yeah. It's something different. Yeah. Um, and that's where strength training does come into its own to help with that transition and to manage and to manage injuries or the possibility of injuries because you can hide muscle imbalances in the swim you can hide them on the bike because the bike's carrying you usually they're all and that's why we all tend to get most of the injuries tend to be for running 
you'll see more athletes getting told to stay off running for a week or because something isn't quite working properly. So it, it's a case that, of educating that's them. That's when they say, okay, I'm gonna do my strength. And yeah, and that's when you they're like, actually, you can't do yeah. it right now. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's, um, and, it's a big task for us. And here is very, very important because then I think it's come to the technical point of the force production of running. The way they move running. And being a good runner, not cycling, allows you to maybe be able to produce running speed through pushing the ground like you you push the floor and your toes come off as you are pushing the ground that's really not very efficient right we know that and it's not new for anyone it's everywhere the information uh, so if you push off too much uh, not cycling before you might have enough energy to run. Yeah. The problem is cycling requires you plates, yeah, a lot of pushing, pushing and pulling, right? So you need to push the pedal down and pull, push, pull, push, pull, push, pull, using most probably uh, a lot of the uh, muscles that you gonna be also pushing the floor if, if you don't, with style, if you're yeah. running with that style. And then it falls apart at some point and people cramp, they walk, <laughs> the pace just cannot be sustainable because there is a limitation of energy. You don't have enough glycogen or quads to keep pushing the floor. Let's say you're doing an ITK bike um, on a half Ironman. Uh, so you are seated on the bike, whatever is the time. Let's say you are really efficient athlete and strong on the bike. Even if you do two hours, 15 minutes in an ITK, it's a fast bike, right? If you hit push, two hours, 15 minutes, those pedals, and then he goes for a 21 kilometers running, it's another, at least one hour and a half, and a half. Yeah. okay? Yeah. That's it. Uh, so I'm already talking about three hours and, and uh, 45 minutes of the same muscle literally working all the yeah. time. It's, it's not, not sustainable. With a disadvantage already with this technique. So what's, what's the drill there? I mean, like, you're saying that pushing off the ground, what's what's the drill that we Can are Can you tell about? the secret here or you want to... Uh, okay, no, that is going to be in... Uh, <laughs> or they need to come and visit us. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> we'll tell you. Another, but this is, this is another another topic that uh, a lot of athletes ask, you know, like uh, we look into training peaks, we look into their workouts and we have a look at cadence. Oh, and they ask, they ask, uh, what, what, what is, how was my cadence? Was it good? What, what should be my cadence? You know, what, what is the, what is it? Is there a specific number? Is there a number that works for everybody? Is there? A oh, okay. Um, no, I don't think there is. It doesn't apply in swimming. Um, I don't think it applies in cycling either. Um, so I, I don't think it applies to running. There is no one size fits all. None of us are the same. We don't we don't move the same way. Um, so you kind of have to find, um, and that that comes down a lot to, it's a combination of the athlete and the coach working together to find out where your where your sweet spot is. You perform better. Um, yeah. For example, if I if I think of myself with my with you know with my athlete hat on and not as a coach. For me to have a really high cadence on the bike, I actually lose power um, and it drops. Um, so my sort of happy place in terms of cadence sits about 75 RPM. Mm. If I go any higher, 
um, I start to lose power on the bike, and I really suffer on the I really suffer on the run because um, to blame my children for once, um, my core doesn't work as well uh, since um, giving birth. So I actually rely on my hip flexors and all other muscles around there for my core to engage. So if my hip flexors work overtime on the bike, I will pay for it on the run. So um, I think it's down to the coach and the athlete to find where that sweet spot or that happy place yeah, sits. We need, yeah, we need to remember that we have a certain types type of muscle fibers. So we have the slow, the, the fast, and the re really yeah. fast. And people, they have different genetics. So according to your muscle fiber, it's there is the research on cycling is there, you can search. According to the uh, number or percentage of muscle fibers and the type of muscle fibers you have on your lower uh, uh, muscles, so glutes, quads, hamstrings, calves, you're going to have a certain cadence that you're going to feel better. If you have faster fibers, you're most probably going to be okay with a higher one. cadence because you're going to be able to remove the lactate and the... Uh, and the, and produce glycogen easier, right? So the oxygen is going to be uh, moving very easy up and down lungs, legs. But if you are a slower, let's say you have this lower uh, muscle fiber um, on the lower legs um, in a higher number, you're going to really hate the high cadence. Okay. You're going to be a disaster. Just because genetically you you don't have enough muscles and type of muscles to produce to that power that, yeah. right it's not gonna work it's physically not gonna work and you can see that cyclists they are either uh, working in a hill uphill they are good in uphill or they are good in um, time trial or they are good in yeah. because genetically they feel better for any, many reasons even the guy who born in Colombia cycling every day there because he built that kind of muscle fiber and it, he's more efficient on that that's big that's why because you don't have a um, a guy that is good in everything you have like three or four of them in the world right um, swimming is the same yeah if you swim long distance you don't swim short distance no, running track is yeah. the same yeah. you either run 100 meters or you run longer for them 800 meters is very long I think the, the the issue is compare is is having three sports that you could potentially be very different across across all three. You might cycle slightly differently to to how um, to how you run. Yes. So it's it's being able to yes, we see triathlon as one sport, but still we need we do need to kind of attack all three disciplines just from that aspect. Look at running as it's just running and then bring it in as okay it's running off the bike um, and this is the, the other issue that it, it actually research has shown that it's hardwired it's not training can help up to a point you could be a good runner but you you might not be able to run off the bike well so how the bike affects your running is to an extent hardwired they got a, a bunch of uh, elite elite triathletes together and elite cyclists and they got them to ride and then they got them to run and looked at the um, neuromuscular physiology and actually it's to an extent it's hardwired who's going to be okay to run off the bike well you can try and make the gap between 
running standalone and running off the bike closer and you do that by doing as many brick sessions as you can or always having even if it's a 10 minute run off the bike so you know if i'm cycling i haven't finished there's still a bike to do there's still a run to do um but to an extent it's down to like joao was saying down to your genetics you're working on weaknesses there mm-hmm. so you identify uh, which one is the weakest and you, you're gonna work on it what you're saying probably is that you're not gonna be able to overcome your you know body structure so you I mean like you can work on it and then lead, uh, lead towards so you a, need a better uh, athlete in their speciality but it's I think it's more about we're not saying there's a ceiling effect that oh yeah. you know you've got more this type of fiber so actually there's no point trying type thing. no no it's, not that. Um, it's more you need to work with what you've got and to and do that, that you need to become be, a better yeah, on that. you need to be aware of yeah. so the, to be able to work with your you got you need to know what you've got in the first place yeah, um, no, and so, how your yes, body moves exactly so the point is if i am more comfortable with a certain cadence uh, most probably is because um let's say a lower um, average cadence and um, bike run it's because most probably i i tend to to have to produce speed through the power yeah. not through the frequency not of scale. movement yeah. right so what happened is if i produce my power on the bike through uh through lower cadence and i do the same on the run most probably gonna have a big issue here so i'm gonna have to learn how to produce speed having a little bit of a higher cadence mm-hmm. on the run mm-hmm. because yeah because the power output against the floor um, if I keep pushing, I will be um, exhausting my muscles. And we can see that Lionel uh, Sanders in the last race that everybody's talking, he changed the cadence when the when Sam came close to him. What he he was doing was he did not over stride. He was heel stride for the whole run, and did not um, stop him to be fast. Um, just to be clear, I don't agree with the heel stride. I think there is another way more efficient. Uh, but anyways, he, that guy is super powerful. We know that. Works for him. Um, works for him. So he changed the cadence. I think the biggest change he did in his run, he's done, uh, was to work on cadence. So he did not and stopped to overstride. You know, like before, faster, yeah. before how, the way he was trying to get more speed was to overstride, and that's we know that that won't uh, last. It will not yeah, last. last. I think it, you, you both guys are talking about what, what uh, you know. Joe Friel talks about the economy. You know, he says, okay, there is a uh, endurance, there is speed, you know, in his triangle, and then there is this economy. It doesn't give guidelines on numbers yeah. because. It's as you said, you know, it's individual. So everybody is his own uh, way to reach the the best performance and the best economy. So uh, it's about the beauty of uh, triathlon journey. Okay. This is uh, this is one of the the blocks of uh, coaching system. Know it for more than two hundred years. It's individualization. You cannot do uh, one science or one approach uh, yes approach to uh, 10 different people unfortunately 
would be so easy for us as a coach. We would <laughs> have the, eco yeah. the economy for the business. That's <laughs> the online, <laughs> the online program. You know, the the one that uh, you can buy anywhere, um, any sh any any platform online. It's gonna work uh, uh, until you don't need to ask something to someone. You know, because at that point, if you need to know how this is gonna work for you as an athlete, you're gonna you don't have somebody to talk. I think the the beauty of the coaching and the, uh, and to have somebody to actually try to help you to go somewhere is to say, all right, I have this problem here. How can we fix together? Together, yeah. because if the athlete expects everything from the coach, it's a problem. If the coach is the only one providing the entire book of information, not giving space for the athlete to think about, it's another problem. That's another problem because you also don't give the space for the person to learn. You yeah. deliver so much all the time that we cannot, um, you can't even process the first yeah. information. But ultimately we need them, especially with how coaching is these days, the reality is we don't, actually physically coach them say on pool side or on track side there's we see them maybe a few times a week but the reality is um, for most age groupers if you are coached you're kind of training by yourself or mm -hmm. maybe in, in a group so we need we need the athlete to give us that feedback, feedback. Yeah, yeah. and it's all great for them to synchronize their watch and all their gadgets with training peaks and all the numbers go in yeah. but the numbers only give us one snapshot of oh what's God, yeah. happened um there's another little box on training comments, peaks where yeah. they can put comments yeah. in yeah um, and it's for them not for us huh? it, it well it works it works both ways yeah, so they can they can reflect it's created for the athletes yeah they can reflect you know? on what's happened mm -hmm. so it gives them a chance to actually think about what they just what they just did and what kind of those numbers mean but it also gives us a chance because the numbers might show me actually wow they had a really good a really good session but in the in reality they spend the entire session and they were struggling and they were having other issues and you need both to get a full picture both for us but also for them to learn to become a little bit more critical about what what they're doing and understanding why they're doing what they're doing that's why at BR we have coaches and athletes with capital C capital A because this the, the feedback is what we base uh, yeah. our uh, philosophy 30 seconds break, and then we come back for the conclusions. Nice. When uh, a person is stressed and they're trying to uh, work on healthier habits, and that's what happens to most of us, is we try to work on healthier habits, but we have certain internal stressors that prevent us from developing those good habits. So we start, we get stressed, and then we stop. So my job is to intervene right at the point where they start and where they stop so they can continue. So I'm giving them the power and the tools to continue to build these healthy habits long-term. Okay, welcome back uh, for the conclusions of this uh, third episode of our uh, podcast, video podcast. Uh, the discussion went on, uh, uh, I think, uh, around this journey of triathlon, which is a journey of many things, you know, swim, bike, and run, but there is the journey of strength, you know, trying to to build this awareness that strength is, is, is crucial. It's crucial not to get injured, but it's crucial also to 
to address your weaknesses, especially, especially because we were talking about different fibers and individual abilities where the strength effectively can help you know, to address these uh, weaknesses. And um, yeah, we are launching this, this, this uh, running program effectively because uh, with, with the years of experience, it's something that always comes back from the athletes, you know, that they, they don't want to improve run. For some reason, it's something like they don't want to improve run because they still feel like, yeah, but I can run, this is easy, you know, I can go can for run. a run. Yeah. But in reality, it's something that needs to, 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 to be addressed to have uh, better athletes. I think I think also the the the, the combination of uh, we always have to remember um, what kind of um, athletes slash clients we have in our hands um, to don't try to uh, to give um, a lot of uh, um, uh, technical um, information that's gonna end up. Uh, getting someone. them lost uh, and not learning something, uh, not limiting their learning, but also respecting their journey into the the process of sports. More than performance, more than triathlon, they want to be healthy. They want to have a yeah. nice lifestyle. They want to change in their lives. That's why they're looking for. Um, that's why we do that. Um, and then the performance is gonna come with the years. Of, of training and also the the time you know if you have more time you can perform better because performance requires time um, if we don't um, allow them to also enjoy that process um, again I feel that there is a point that they just or people in overall they they get I don't know bored, but they get frustrated, you know, because the end um, at at some point you won't have the freedom um, to enjoy the sport that you're trying. And then there is another thing that is also important to, f to maybe finish my part, which is the uh, the the frame of mistakes. So this is very well known in strength training as well. Frame of so the frame of mistakes is how uh, those mistakes that this person is doing at this time of their learning are they going to uh, hurt that person if they are going to hurt you need to correct if they are not going to hurt you need to let that person live that journey of learning without stop any all the time because they stop all the time it's where you get them frustrated to learn more you cannot even so the space that we are trying to give at BR, it's a space of a learning process, right? Um, we see the mistakes, we talk about, we tell them, oh, you are over, over you are heel stride again, you are, uh, you are over striding, you are landing and your right knee is turning in, you are, you are too seated or you're not moving your upper body naturally, you're not leaning forward, all of the technical aspects, okay? But it doesn't mean I'm gonna stop them every single step. Over controlling. Yeah. It's not Over controlling. Yeah. 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 No, it's it's just finding the right balance of encouraging them, giving them the information they need. Um, yeah, and like you say, just letting them figure it out to an extent for themselves. Because if we're constantly there saying, do this, do this, do this, fix this, do that, 
we're taking the thought process out of, out of it completely. Guys, was a pleasure. Okay, uh, great talk about uh, the art of running. Stay tuned for uh, some more news because we have a lot of things boiling in uh, <laughs> in house, and uh, we will announce it pretty soon. Okay. So we'll see you on the next episode. If you have any question, just use Instagram or use our email address. You have all the contacts. Perfect. Thank you. Thank see you. See you next week, guys. Yeah.